Welcome to AEM Early Access, a podcast of the Society for Academic Emergency Medicine and the Academic Emergency Medicine Journal. I'm Dr. Gita Pensa, and here's what we've got for you today. Delirium, altered mental status, and confusion among older adults are very common presentations to the emergency department. And the role of brain imaging in these patients is not clearly delineated. Today we're discussing a new paper in AEM entitled Head Computed Tomography Findings in Geriatric Emergency Department Patients with Delirium, Altered Mental Status, and Confusion, a Systematic Review. We've got lead author Dr. Sean Liu here to discuss it with us. Dr. Liu is an attending physician in the Department of Emergency Medicine at Massachusetts General Hospital. She's currently an Associate Professor of Emergency Medicine at Harvard Medical School and the MGH Geriatric Emergency Medicine Division Fellowship Director. She's a past president of the Society for Academic Emergency Medicine's Academy of Geriatric Emergency Medicine and has served on the Executive Board of the American College of Emergency Physicians Geriatric Emergency Medicine Section and the International Federation of Emergency Medicine Geriatric Emergency Medicine Special Interest Group. She's an international expert in the emergency department management of fall patients and leads the Geriatric Emergency Medicine Guidelines Group, and we're thrilled to be speaking with her today. And don't forget to read the full text of this article, available open access for a limited time from the publisher. Dr. Liu, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you so much. It's such an honor. Okay, so first I'd like to talk about delirium and the rationale for this investigation. So what can you tell us about the impact of delirium on emergency department visits and costs? Thanks. Yeah. So delirium is common and it's really this you know, serious brain dysfunction that affects older adults particularly. Um, and you can have confusion, altered levels of consciousness, um, inattention, and just disturbances in perception. We often think of like altered mental status when, as the chief complaint when older adults come to the emergency department as probably having delirium. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, we don't really have a standard way of um, assessing delirium or screening for delirium on every older patient that comes in. But studies have shown that between 6 and 38% of older ED patients actually have delirium if you properly screen for them. And why it's important, it's because it's associated with higher death rates and then accelerated functional decline. And the cost is just you know up to like $152 billion each year. And wow. so that's why we think screening, uh, treatment, and prevention is really uh, important in geriatric initiatives. Okay, very much so. So your review looks at emergency department brain imaging and delirium. And uh, we actually did a podcast on a retrospective look at emergency department head CT use and delirium in January of 2023. Uh, and what I know from that is that there is a great deal of variability and some concern for overutilization. Uh, so what can you tell us about this? Sure. Great question. So I think it's sometimes hard to know what is overutilization because it's hard to say what the standard definition of like, when should we get a head CT? And that was sort mm-hmm. of what led to this work. So, you know, delirium ideologies are just, as you know, diverse and multifactorial it can range from simply sleep deprivation or pain and uh, to infections, you know, post-surgical um, delirium or post-op delirium, uh, drug intoxication. And then there's the neurological etiologies, such as intracranial hemorrhage, ischemic strokes, um, and brain tumors. And that's when we need to get head CTs or MRIs to really help us diagnose those. 
So head CT has, I think, really become a common um, part of the evaluation of change in mental status or confusion. And that's where I think over overutilization, you know, has become a concern because um, there's a range between in the in the literature between 23 and 44 percent of patients who come in for change in mental status get a head CT. Mm-hmm. But they're really just isn't a consensus as to who really needs it when a person comes in with confusion or delirium. And thus, this is what inspired the work. Okay. So uh, what specific questions were you hoping to address in this systematic review? So back in about 2014, the um, geriatric ED guidelines were first published, and that was really based on sort of consensus um, assessment of the literature. And uh, about three or four years ago, a group of us decided that we would have to start thinking about updating these. But we decided to use the GRADE approach, which is grading of recommendations, assessment, development, and evaluation, um, which is a much more rigorous and uh, transparent process about how guidelines are developed. Mm -hmm. So as part of that first step of the the GRADE approach to guidelines is doing a systematic, systematic review to assess the literature. And so this is one, the first step. Um, is really doing a systematic review when you have the question of, you know, should you know what patients have <laughs> abnormal head CTs yeah. among um, geriatric patients who present to the ED with delirium. So that was really our goal. Okay. Uh, so in addition to the rate of abnormal head CTs in this population, uh, you were looking at some other associated factors. Can you tell me about those? Yeah. So when we created our PICO question, which is, you know, when you're looking for systematic, doing a systematic review, you want to figure out what are the risk factors for, you know, abnormal head CTs. Um, so we wanted to look at headache, focal neurological deficits, trauma, and anticoagulation use. So, you know, in our patients with delirium and a headache, you know, or, you know, focal deficits or trauma or anticoagulation use, did that predict uh, at a higher level or lower level um, abnormal head CTs? So that's what we, that, that's what we wanted to study as well. All right. So tell us about your methods and your inclusion criteria. So we followed the, you know, the PRISMA, the Preferred Reporting Items for Systematic Review and Meta-Analysis Guidelines. And we got an excellent librarian to help us uh, look at the literature through various uh, search engines and databases. Yay, librarians. Uh, Yay, librarians. Exactly. (laughs) Yes. Thank goodness. (laughs) Um, And our conclusion criteria uh, included patients who are 65 years and older who received a head CT or MRI neuroimaging at the time of their assessment in the emergency department um, for either delirium, confusion, or altered mental status. Mm-hmm. Um, so we accepted anyone who put in their paper that, you know, patients who presented with confusion um, and change in mental status. And and the problem, as we mentioned, I mentioned before, was that delirium isn't always officially screened or diagnosed in the emergency department. More often patients are, you know, we, you know, we are writing in our charts that they're confused or they have Delta MS. Um, mm-hmm. And so we ended up including those other terms. Um, and then we also in- wanted all the patients to have head CTs. So if they had, um, if more than 80% of the population that was being studied in that paper met our conclusion criteria, uh, we would keep it in our, in, in our, in our study. Um, and we included published manuscripts and conference extracts, um, but excluded patients that were getting diagnosed with delirium inpatient or in clinic and things like that. Okay, so that strategy uh, gave you first a total of 3,014 studies, and then it looks like 2,967 studies, 
that were excluded for not really meeting those inclusion criteria or for being duplicates. And then 47 studies underwent full text review. And then that resulted in six studies being deemed appropriate for inclusion in this systematic review. So first, let's talk about the characteristics of those six studies. So we ended up having six studies, and they represented countries all around the world. So the United Kingdom, Korea, Israel, Australia, and the United States. Their sample size ranged from 86 um, to 285 patients. Um, all of these six studies included patients older than 65. And if the original study didn't just specifically look at 65 and older patients, then we asked for the data from the researchers um, to see if we could do a sub-analysis. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing about these studies, but they, they were all retrospective except for one study was prospective. Um, and then all of the patients underwent a CAT scan. Okay. So uh, let's talk about the synthesis of those results. What did you discover? regarding abnormal CT findings? Yeah, so the heads, abnormal head CT rate uh, ranged in these six studies between 2% and 36%. So when we did the meta-analysis, um, we ended up finding that the pooled proportion of acutely abnormal head, CT, um, head CTs was 15.6% with a 95% confidence interval of 7.3 to 26.2%. Um, but there was a lot of heterogeneity. Um, so their I squared was 94.6%, mm-hmm. which uh, just indicates heterogeneity, meaning that, as you know, given that the range of abnormal head CTs was 2 to 36%, it's not surprising. Um, but yeah, the pool proportion ended up being uh, 16%. So then, how about those four risk factors you were looking at um, anticoagulation, focal deficits, uh, trauma, and headache? What about those? Yeah, so in terms of anticoagulation, only two of the studies actually examine anticoagulation as a risk factor. And when we pulled the data for that, the um, odds ratio was 1.18% with a confidence interval um, of 0.43 to 3.25. But that wasn't, um, yeah, so the, the range didn't really indicate that there was an association between anticoagulation and acutely abnormal head CTs, okay. which was surprising. Um, yeah. But on the other hand, focal neural deficits, um, when we pulled that data, the odds ratio um, was 110.2 with a 95% confidence interval of 30.5 to 340, um, Mm. which is not surprising that if a confused person comes to the ED with a focal neural deficit, um, this is highly predictive of an abnormal CT. As far as trauma and headache, the other studies really uh, didn't have data that was amenable to pulling the data together in terms of trauma or, or headaches. So we ended up not really being able to report much um, from these six studies. Okay. Yeah. The only scenario I was thinking of is when maybe an older person was coming in with an acute stroke and they were confused with the focal deficit. You might not see it, the findings on CT imaging in the ED, but, um, but otherwise I was thinking that, you know, I was, I was surprised by the anticoagulation, not, not really, um, being associated with that. So uh, what limitations would you like to highlight? So there's several limitations to any time you do a systematic review and meta-analysis. I think one was that uh, we really wanted to focus on delirium, but again, we knew that a lot of studies didn't screen all patients for delirium in the ED. So we included patients um, in studies that had confusion or change in mental status as their chief complaint. Um, Mm -hmm. so, and I think this is just the status of literature in the ED about delirium is that, um, if you can't 
have a process where everyone's screened for delirium, it's hard to do these kind of studies. Um, so I think, right. yeah, that's the first one. The second one is um, we actually included patients only if they had a head CT done on them. Um, so there are a lot of patients who may have delirium or have confusion that didn't get a head CT and they wouldn't have come, uh, they wouldn't have been included in our study. So this may underestimate, you know, the true, you know, rate of acutely abnormal head CTs um, based on that kind of inclusion and exclusion criteria. So what do you think we should come away from this systematic review with? So I think the takeaway would be that in your patients who have acute delirium or um, acute confusion, change of mental status, and present to the ED, the question is, should you get a head CT? And I think in our study, we answered that if all of them got head CTs, about 16% would be abnormal. Um, And I think in terms of like, is it a question of should you get a head CT or not get a head CT? I think very certain that if they have a focal neuro deficit, you absolutely should get a head CT um, because it's very likely to um, be abnormal. I think that the data is a little more unclear about anticoagulation, although that surprises all of us because, you know, most of us would always get a uh, head CT on someone who was um, anticoagulated and had um, confusion, but that just data isn't necessarily showing mm-hmm. that. And there's really not good data in, in our studies um, that answer the question about trauma or headache. Um so as far as the take-home message, um, we're actually doing the grade guideline, which will actually be better at answering this question of like, what should I do? Because we'll be transparent about including all of the other uh, factors, like what our patient preferences, um, you know, even if you, so I think with the guidelines, it's we're trying to weigh things like overutilization, time in the ED and costs, but also with patient preference. And so um, hopefully later this year, we'll have our manuscript uh, written and submitted to really kind of weigh other things. So one is weighing the data of like how, what the percentage of um, patients have acutely abnormal head CTs, but also other factors like cost, patient preference, time in the ED, and other outcomes. Mm -hmm. So hopefully later this year, we'll be able to have this in publication um, to guide uh, emergency department uh, physicians um, in terms of answering this question. Well, fantastic. So thank you so much for coming to talk to us about this paper, and we will wait and see what comes next out of this. Well, thank you. It's such a great opportunity to be here, and I really thank you for uh, this chance to discuss this paper. Thanks for listening to this month's AEM Early Access. Subscribe to this podcast on iTunes at AEM Early Access, all one word. Don't forget to read the full text of this article, available open access from the Academic Emergency Medicine Journal for a limited time. Today's music is by Scott Holmes. I'm Gita Pensa, and we'll see you next time.